what I learned is that inst- what, what I was what I was lacking is that the, the mindset as a, as a Marine, we had to learn how to be resourceful because we because we were because we were lacking those resources. So when I first started real estate investing, I was lacking the funds, but I wasn't I wasn't lacking the resourcefulness that I learned from the Marine Corps. So once I dived in deep and really figured out how to do how to be able to be a creative finance investor, that's when my career really took off. What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Carrot Cast podcast, the podcast with a funny name, but a big mission. We help thousands of real estate investors and agents grow rock solid mindsets, do better marketing so that you can build a business of freedom and impact. I'm your host, Trevor Mock. Let's dive into today's episode. What's up, y'all? So right before I hit record, I was reading some notes uh, for this podcast. I'm really excited about this episode. Have a, a not a former, a, a Carrot Camp alumni turned two-time Carrot Camper here in about three to four weeks, coming out for a second one. But in the notes I was reading, we got to laughing about it, and it read um, that he that uh, shoot. I'm going to go read it again. It was chasing pirates awarded me my highest medal, and. Uh, and guys, this is an amazing person who served our country, who has amazing, crazy experiences that most of us uh, could never dream of um, experiencing. But he's been able to scale up his real estate business in, in crazy ways. Uh, when he was at the last Carrot Camp, walking through what he'd done in, in the most humble way possible, just like most humble guy ever. We're looking at this going, that guy is absolutely crushing it. And he's coming, back, he's coming on the Carrot Cast for the first time to walk through what's transformed since then, uh, where he's really scaling thing, things up in a bigger way. Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Note to self, do not eat protein bar right before going on a, <laughs> on a podcast. So I want to welcome on to the podcast, Mr. Valeni. Dude, welcome on to the CareCast finally. Um, uh, we had a chance to meet about six, seven months ago, and uh, you are on the CareCast for the first time, dude. So welcome on. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. I appreciate everything your team does. So why don't you do, why don't you introduce yourself to to the crowd because I know we've had a chance to um, to, to connect for a couple of days but who are you where are you from what's your current business look like let's kind of start there to give people context and then we're going to dive into your background because your background number one there's so many lessons we can all learn from your background then we're going to go into what are you doing in real estate uh, you've got uh, shoot. 50 units under construction right now in the Baltimore market, one of the most expensive markets in the country. You've got a really amazing portfolio. You've got a great business. We're going to go into how you made the transition from the military to that. But who are you today? What's your business look like and where are you from? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Jose Belny. Um, I'm out of the Boston, Boston market, Boston, Massachusetts, which is one of the most competitive markets. So we have to learn to be creative if we want to be uh, to be successful real estate investors. And in this area, we don't always do high volume, but we do high profits. So I love my market and I, I'm getting used and comfortable being in that at the, at the beginning of my career. I used to see all these guys doing bigger deals, doing more deals in other markets. And I'm like, man, it's, it's so much easier. But once I put in the work and, and I got used to being in my market, it's it just made me a better investor and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Dude, so what what are the, let's kind of talk about that a little bit, because the, the high dollars, like I said, it gives you bigger margin, bigger profits. Um, do you find yourself 
do you find yourself going into some of those deals? Because dollar amounts are big. When you're sharing some of the dollar amounts of some of the properties that you're doing here uh, at, at the last carrot camp, a lot of the eyes are like, whoa, those are big properties. Did that take a little bit to get over any fear or anything like that to step into a big deal versus some guys and gals in some markets? I was just on with someone from Baltimore. You know, $30,000 deals are not uh, like $30,000 houses are not uncommon in those markets. How do the big numbers kind of uh, play into any fear that you had in, at the start? Um, I didn't. I didn't believe I had any fear. I mean, cool. I I served three two combat tours in Iraq, and then one on ship chasing chasing pirates with the Navy. <laughs> so <laughs> fear wasn't an issue. It, yeah. it was more so the the down getting enough down payments to to purchase some of these properties and and learning the ropes that was more difficult. Dude, so what's your what's your portfolio look like look like right now? And then we're gonna kind of show how, show people how you got to where you are now. But what's the portfolio look like right now, Jose? Right now, we currently have 21 rental units, and we also have, um, like as you said, 50 units under construction or, in, or going through zoning. And so in, in a market like Baltimore, what, what does a rental unit look like? Is it a standalone house? Is it a row house? And kind of what's the average uh, cost in, for a unit like that in, in Baltimore? In the city, in the city of Boston, um, we are predominantly um, a three-family um, triple decker is usually what we call them. They're right on top of each other. Yeah. Can go anywhere between one point one to one point three and, and above. I have one condo that is just got valued at nine hundred and fifty-five thousand, and that's just that's just one. That's crazy. Dude, the reason I want to ask that question is because when you mention how many how many units you have, uh, there's people that have hundreds of units, right? But you're you're sitting there on a multi, 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 multi-million dollar portfolio uh, in a market that is a high price market, and you found a way to make it not just work, but really thrive in that market. You got 50 more units under development. Those 50, those 50 units there, Joe say, are they is it an apartment building, condo building, or are they all separate? Kind of what are you doing there? Yes. Um, the biggest one is 28. And then we have um, a seven unit and the rest of them are sprinkled around between four, threes and twos. Dude, I love it. So we're going to later in this podcast, we're going to break apart how he closed his first deals, where he's getting that down payment money, uh, how he funds those deals, what his team looks like. Uh, dude, we're going we're gonna to break down, if you're cool with it, how you're doing those development deals now. Uh, you know, are you, are you, do you have partners? Are you running solo? So we're going to break it down, but let's take it all the way back. Um, man, like I said, I, I'm so grateful for you to be on here. Um, but when I look back at, at all the carrot camps that we've had and just, you, you can tell the person who's just flat out genuine, you know, the person who, who you can sit down and have a, a really, really candid, deep conversation with. I know Brady and, and you had a really amazing one at, at lunch that day. Um, and you can tell when the person is, is humble. Uh, the person uh, is telling you everything that they know. They're transparent, and that you were you the guy that jumped out to me in that way. And so, so grateful for you to uh, for being that that type and that quality of a person. Uh, where did that come from? Um, it, did did well, like what, what in your background has led into making you the guy that you are today? Um, I think most of it is a combination between uh, my parents. Uh, most people don't know is that I was actually adopted at a at a young age, so I don't really have a connection with my biological parents. But my father was a taxi driver mm-hmm. and he worked 60 hours a week. And I just always seen him work and work. And, and he loved to work because he was providing for his family. Mm-hmm. And I remember he passed away a couple of years ago when he was passing away. 
And I and I said, you know, I have failed you because I have, I wasn't able to give you any children while you were still here. Mm. And he goes, absolutely not. He goes, look at this business that you have grown. And I, I put you in a position and you just took the torch and you brought it to even higher. Dude. And that that's really where it comes from. And then my mom just anything she does, she has a lot of passion. And so I feel like when I'm part of a community, I want to give back to that community and make it a better place than where I where I started or where it started. Yeah, I, I I love it, man. That that's awesome. So you got you went in the military, you went in the Marines. Um, what what drove that decision uh, versus you know all the other things you could have could have done? Uh, what drove the decision going to go into the Marines? My mom, yeah. <laughs> she um, she decided that um, I, I was I was working, and then I dropped out of I dropped out of college, and she pretty much told me I had two choices: I either had to move out of the house. Or, or I had to go back to college. <laughs> I just, I decided to go to the Marine Corps. Jeez, <laughs> uh, so you, I, oh man, I, I love it. So, what, what did you learn during the Marine Corps that you can carry into today? I'm sure you saw so many things, probably that, um, that, that none of us would want to see. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, and I'm not going to dive into that stuff. But what, what did you learn that you were able to carry into uh, your business world? Uh, what were some kind of interesting, crazy stories you have, like the, like the chasing pirates one, uh, let's kind of condense the Marine years down and we'll, we'll show how they influence what you're doing today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I started off, I was military police and I, I went, I went through training and then I, I went to my first duty station down in Cherry Point, North Carolina. Hmm. After that, um, I day I got um, accepted to go to SWAT school after two weeks of being into my duty station. So I went to Marine Corps SWAT school and then after that, I went to Army SWAT school, which is in Missouri. So I got a lot of training. The, the military spent a lot of time. My leadership seen a lot of good things in me and they wanted to help my career. And from that, um, I, they did not want me to go to deploy because they spent so much money sending me to SWAT school, but they didn't have a choice. Uh, I, I, I ended up going to second MP battalion, which is they all they do is deploy. They go to Iraq over and over and over again. And because of because of I already went to SWAT school, they said, you know, if the other leadership saw something in you, then we're also going to see what we can also do with you. So then I was I was lead scout machine gunner for my first seven months in, in Iraq. And we did a lot of convoy security, a lot of convoy missions for high profile people, EOD, those kind of things. And after that, my second deployment. I was a team leader for a couple of months, and then I was transitioned to a point of entry transition team. So basically, we lived in Syria. Uh, we lived in a place where they we took four showers in four months. There really? was, there was yeah, there was, there was no bathrooms. There was no women. We only we had a hundred and <laughs> we had a, we had a hundred and twenty Marines just living on this border, wow. and it was it was the most dangerous place I've ever been to. Dude. So no, so no, no bathrooms. How, how did that work, man? Like, I'm, I'm curious now, how did the no bathrooms thing work? Yeah, I think it was kind of like what it was before there was bathrooms. You I know, got we, you. Just, yeah. we just, we were just using holes and, and uh -huh. putting dirt back in. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so where did the pirates come in then, man? It was, was that on, on the Syria tour or was it a different one? No, that was my, that was my third deployment. Um, um, a couple of my my buddies, they they requested that I deployed with them at this at this time. My unit has deployed so many times. They're like, we cannot send these guys for third and fourth deployments. Yeah. So they so they said, you know what, we're going to disperse them all, go to different units. And they put me on a mu, which is a which is a unit that kind of either has they float around um, with the Navy or they might get a different mission. So at the mm -hmm. time we were training to float with the Navy 
or we were going to go to Afghanistan. So we did not know what our mission was. So mm-hmm. on top of that, we had we ended up going to more training and which is what some of the best training that I've ever had. We went to um, one training that it was Marine Combat Hunter course. And basically, I'm not sure if you know who General Mattis is. He's one of the biggest generals. And he created the chorus and he said that Marines need to get back to what they do best and which is hunting. Hmm. And he created this whole chorus that really changed my mindset on everything that I did, because my first deployment, my second deployment and all my training, they taught me how to be a weapon. They taught me martial arts, how to think like a warrior. Mm-hmm. But he decided that, no, that's not always the, the best way to do it. So what he was teaching us is more so like body language and understanding mm-hmm. how that affects the combat zone, understanding of, you know, these people don't have to speak to us for us to know how they feel and, uh, and understanding how, you know, maybe having dinner with one of these guys um, at a, like the Taliban or anybody else, it can, can save lives and really deep and really go understanding um, th- that scenario. One training was we had was we were in about 100 yards in a bushes and we had binoculars on and they said there's 10 objects and you have to find them all. And I'm like, I don't see anything. This is impossible. 30 minutes. And we had, we had three hours to do this, mind you. So 30 minutes later, we still not, we can't find anything. And then all of a sudden you see like the light is on something and then you're like, you start seeing objects. So oh, it really, really, yeah, it really taught us to really, really focus in and look beyond what we can actually see and believe in the training. So that was some of the best training I've had. Dude, that, that's fascinating right there. So were, were those objects hit, like, were they hidden or they were just like, like give me an example of one of those objects, oh, if you remember one. Yeah, it would be like a, a radio, like a radio antenna, okay. like um, like a black wire. And what you will see is that you can't, it's because it's the, because the, the background is green and brown, you really can't see it. But uh, once the sun hits it at a certain at a certain area, you can see it. You can start seeing the different objects. So they wasn't setting you up to fail. They were setting yep. you up so that you can see beyond. Gotcha. What you that is cool, man. That is cool. So, dude, let's make the transition now from from the military. You got out and you had, you had these amazing lessons. You, you you led some teams. You mentioned you had the amazing training. And, and this is one thing I've talked with many carrot, uh, carrot members who were either in the military when they were using carrot. There was a, a gentleman who was deployed and he was actually wholesaling houses in Florida. And we would be messaging back and forth. He's like, I'm doing everything I can uh, there from deployment, uh, which was really crazy. But a, a lot of people that, that I, I even know people here locally that struggle to reacclimate to a civilian lifestyle and figure out how to then deploy those skills. And so when you got out, uh, where did real estate come into the story? So um, as soon as I got out, I joined the fire department, my local fire department, which mm-hmm. I served for, for 12 years. Uh, I'm retired now. Mm-hmm. And through that process, um, I rented out when I first got back and I decided that I wanted to purchase a property, a purchase a house because I had a big H2 Hummer mm-hmm. and I had I had no way to park during snowstorms. And, um, and I was complaining and a friend of mine says, well, you know, the rules, whoever has the gold makes the rules. And mm-hmm. I said, are you saying I should buy a house? He goes, not exactly, but that's how I interpret it. So yeah. from from that day, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do everything I can to purchase a house. So I, I went as far as moving out of my apartment and, and going to a different apartment so I can save 400 a month. Mm-hmm. I decided to go to every real estate course or every real estate meetup, everything that I, I could go to, to learn as much as I can. 
And just through that process, I, I really understood what I wanted and understood. And there was a lot of firefighters too that had multiple properties. Mm-hmm. And I would just keep asking questions until they shut the door. And then I'd ask some questions again the next day and just really focus in on it. But long story short, what I was able to do is I purchased my first property, which was in 2010 at $450,000. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured with a first time home buyer's loan, I could put down 3.5%. And then I figured I needed some closing costs. I said, I all in, I needed about 20,000. Okay. Well, through that process and through the, the, all the stuff that I learned, I ended up putting down only 3,000. And the way, that, the way that happened is because I used 20% down, the, the 3.5% down. I got the city to pay 5,000 towards my closing, the attorney to pay 5,000 towards my closing. At the time, the president, Barack Obama, had 8,000 um, grants for, for veterans. So I also applied that. And today that property is worth 1.1 and I still hold it in my rental portfolio. That is crazy. That, that That's a way cool story. So you got the first property in place, uh, rental property, or did you live in that one? I, I lived in it for six years okay. and then I, I, I eventually uh, moved out. But what I learned is that in, what, what I was, what I was lacking is that the, the mindset, because I was mm-hmm. like, you know what, in the Marine Corps, I remember being in Iraq and I looked at all these army guys and they had all this new gear. They look they had all the new weapons. And I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? <laughs> so as a, as a Marine, we had to learn how to be resourceful because we, because we were, because we were lacking those resources. So when I first started real estate investing, I was lacking the funds, but I wasn't, I wasn't lacking the resourcefulness that mm-hmm. I learned from the Marine Corps. So once I dived in deep and really figured out how to do, how do you be able to be a creative finance investor, that's when my career really took off. Dude, so what 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 was the switch for you? So you're in the fire department, you got that first property. What was the switch for you where you're like, dude, I, I want to do this and like really go all in. So you've got, like I said, tens of millions of dollars uh, in, in portfolio value today. Um, what was the switch that got you to make that leap? Um, it was, it was over time. It was just, it was just year after year. Like when I first, after three years of being in the fire mm-hmm. service, I got promoted to, to Lieutenant, you know, I was, I was enjoying that position, learning in that position, but I was still, I was still doing real estate because mm-hmm. my, my area was so expensive. I decided that I was going to stop buying in Western mass. So I built out my Western mass portfolio up to 30 units. And then, and, and then I slowly sold them all so I can just be focused in Boston. Today, I have a six mile rule. I only buy from six miles from my front door. But through, but through that process, when I was in, in Springfield, Massachusetts, I learned a lot. One property, I bought 16 units and I was able to use seller financing. I used seller financing twice, which helped me um, get put lower down payment. But the main reason why I, I like that market so much is I had great leadership. I was working for the property management company once I became a real estate agent. And they were, at the time, they had 300 to 700 units they were doing property management from. Mm-hmm. So I was learning I was learning their systems, learning how they think, so I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. Gotcha. Dude, so where, where are you finding your properties right now? So you, you had those properties in Springfield. You switched to the six-mile rule right around you. Um, you've got, like I said, 20-some-odd uh uh, units now you're building a fifth, you have 50 units in, in construction right now. Where are you finding these opportunities? 
still being creative. So one deal I just recently did is I bought a two family in in um, in Roxbury, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And the, re- the reason why I purchased it, because they were asking for too much for it. But I looked at it differently. I said, okay, this two family, they're asking for 900. I ended up buying it for 920. And the reason why I did is because it had also had a vacant land. And on that vacant land, I can also, I can, I'm going to build three more units. So if, so my mindset with that was, I believe that the the two family was worth 800,000 and the land was worth at least 300,000. And, and, and that, so I was able to buy that one on, on, um, on MLS. But also, too, um, I, I felt that I was sitting in the wrong seat of my company. Um, I was focusing on being an investor, being a buy and hold investor. But everybody talks about about, hey, you know, um, you, in order to have a good deal, it all starts with buying it right, which I agree with. However, once you start construction, <laughs> that just goes out the window if you can't control the construction. Yep. And I said, you know, I could find another one of me. I could find another person that can, can do that side of the business. It was harder to find the contractor. So I flipped the script and I went to the construction side. Mm-hmm. And at, at the beginning, it was not easy at all. Um, I have my degree now in construction management. Um, I have my license in construction. And that's really what took my company off is now I really don't have to do aggressive marketing mm-hmm. because a lot of agents bring me deals because I'm not their competition. I'm in, I'm oh, in a I different, gotcha. yeah, I'm in, I'm in a different seat. As you know, I still always use, um, I use Carrot too. It's, Carrot has been phenomenal, great for credibility. Um, like when I go to sellers' houses and, and they said, hey, um, they, 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 ask, they start asking me questions like, hey, I thank you for your service in the Marine Corps. And they know the whole bio. So it oh, cool. really shows it really shows that they, re- they really do focus. Even if it's mail marketing, they really do focus on your website and your credibility it goes a long way. Yeah, Jose, that, that's su- I'm glad you brought that up because it's such a big point. Um, and, and a lot of people, I think, discount that that fact with the online side of things. They think, well, if I'm not going to do PPC or SEO or whatever, uh, what's what's the value of it? Or I'll talk to people who say, man, I, all my deals come from offline. I don't I don't need that. And in today's day and age, like you're mentioning, uh, direct mail, cold calling, whatever the heck it is, they're going to Google something on there. It could be your phone number, it could be your name, and whatever the heck is on that on that site. Uh, is what is going to build that credibility profile and trust in their mind. And I, I love that you put in, you know, I've, I've got your site pulled up here. I love that you put in your story, uh, put, put in a picture. You're not afraid to tell people who you are and why you do what you do, uh, which I'm sure creates some great conversations, like you mentioned, which is which is cool. So, dude, the, the shift that you made uh, in in your role, so you had to start building that team. I know when, when you're out here at Carrot Camp, we talked about the team. We talked about that was like the big, the big theme at Carrot Camp with a lot of people. Like, how do I build my team and what do I need to do? So, what what does that look like for you right now? What does your team consist of, whether it's employees or or team members who are specialists, uh, special uh, specialists in their roles um, that are not an employee? What's that team look like for you right now? When I first got to Carrot Camp, I knew the biggest thing I, I needed, the biggest takeaway I needed was to understand how to hire. And I was very slow to hire because I wanted to build the culture because I because I didn't want to grow it too fast and then have the wrong culture. I didn't have to fire and start all over again. But I have hired, um, I call her my operations manager and I'm slowly giving her more and more tasks. And, and, I, and I, I love the work that she does for me because she's like, you're not good at this. I'll, I'll take care of this. And, and that's when that's when I knew um, I had the right person. And I'm to the point now um, I'm really handing 
off the property management side of the business, um, a lot of that stuff. And now I can really focus on on the construction. Mm-hmm. Be, besides her, uh, we also I also work with a lot of attorneys. Um, I work with with a lot of engineers, architects, and they are all part of my team because without them, I can't do what I do. And it's very similar to what we were talking about on my third deployment when we were chasing pirates. You know, we had a great task force, you know, and unfortunately, the Coast guys always like anybody always look at them like they're the bottom of the food chain. But honestly, yeah. they were they were the best resource that we had when we were chasing pirates. And the reason why is because they've been chasing pirates in Miami for years. right? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're looking for all these guys with drugs. So it was it was yeah. no different. They already had the blueprint. So we just flew them in and say, hey, what are you guys doing and how can we how can we do the same thing? We had we, we had a task force. We had Marines. We had recon Marines. We had Navy SEALs over there with us. You know, we had intel guys. We had negotiators. Uh, we had a, a, a great, great task force. And dude, in, in, in my notes, that's where the sympathy and empathy comes up, right? Where, uh, you know, Brady, I'm on my team. He was hopping on with you. And, and one of the cool notes in here says, when we chased pirates, we understood why we were kid, why, why, why they were kidnapping people in ships. They also understood we understood we had a job to do. And then you talk about the same thing with real estate investors, developers, sellers and their situation. Um, how, how do you use some of that same uh, empathy, sympathy when you're talking to a client, right? right? Whether it's a seller uh, to, to really build that empathy, build that trust uh, more quickly. Absolutely. I mean, uh, the first thing I do is anytime I go to somebody's house, I say, thank you for letting me into your house and really looking at it. And and I'm not looking at the house for how much repairs it has. I'm looking more into the person and understanding this situation to see if we're a good fit to help them. You know, a great line somebody once told me is I don't mind helping you out, but I don't want to get in the quicksand for you. You know, (laughs) that's (laughs) a good one. I never heard that one. That's good. (laughs) So so that's really not that's really not going to work. But just really understanding of if you can't solve the problem, do you have a team member or somebody else that can help solve the problem? And and that comes back forward, you know, so much. Like if you help somebody, they might be like, oh, he helped me then. Or, you know, I seen, I listened to one podcast and they were talking about the peanut butter rule. And he's like, I got, I'm very nice to everybody I meet because I never know who I'm going to bump into that supermarket. And I want to make sure I can, I can go into the supermarket. And as a, and now it translates even more for me as a real estate developer, because, you know, when I'm talking to the community, I'm trying to explain to them why I'm trying to build this, but I'm also listening to, you know, why they don't want me to build it or how can we work together to make everybody happy. So I, I love that, man. So just a question for you. I got a couple of things. I want to dive into care camp a little bit because I'm always looking for feedback and how we can improve. And we must've done something right. Cause you're coming out for number two, two times in a row. So we're going to dive into that. Um, but what, what are your goals now moving forward? Cause when you were here, like I said, everyone was really impressed with what you had already done. And, and there's always the question with, um, ambitious people, when is enough enough? What, what is, what is, is it a number? Is it a impact? You know, what is it? So uh, let's dive into that for you. What, what are you, what are you going for? What's next? Yeah. Um, I used to focus on, okay, how many units can I have? How mm-hmm. big can I grow this? But now it's becoming, like you said, what impact can you make? You know, mm-hmm. what impact can you make in your community? You know, can you educate other people to do what you do? And so you can just grow it out, your business and grow out the community because, 
you know, unfortunately in a, in an area like Boston, there's a lot, there's still houses that still need a lot of work and people yeah. don't know the right way to do it, or they inherited the house and they don't know who, who's a good contractor. Um, one reason why I became a contractor was because uh, I lost money to a contractor because I didn't have a contract, you know? So, <laughs> so learning those things and trying to help other people so they don't make the same mistakes that, that I made, but it's just now is really trying to get my company into the to its full potential. I'm here for a reason and I want to be a beacon of possibility. So dude, let, let, let's dive into that. I love it. So the impact you want to make there in Boston, um, you mentioned you want to be a, a beacon of poss- possibility. That's one of my favorite core values that yeah, carrot be a beacon of positivity and possibility. Let, let's kind of cast it out 10 years, Jose. So 10 years from now, um, you know, you've executed well, uh, in, in the business, you, you've made a, a huge impact you want to make. What does that look like in your community for you? If you were to go, man, I'm so proud of the impact that we've made. What does that look like? For me, I think it's going to be similar to some of the people that I've been fortunate enough to connect with uh, mm-hmm. as far as people really mentoring me of, of how to get to the next level. So, so perfect world, I could work, let's say 70% or 60% in my company and possibly do also mentorship of people coming up that are younger than me and say, you know what, 20% of my business is dedicated to leaving my door open to someone that might need that extra time or might need, might want to figure out how to, how to better their business. And, you know, I was, I remember when I graduated um, college in one of the biggest construction companies. Um, I was trying to reach out to them for the last six months. Now I finally got to connect with them. And that was like one of the most powerful hour and a half that I've mm-hmm. ever had in my life. And you can't put a dollar sign on that because if, when you think about his, his value, I'm like, his value is probably like 500 to a thousand an hour. <laughs> oh, and yeah, he was, yeah. And he was able to, to provide that for me my partner that I have now on the 28 units. And I met him maybe five, five years ago. And I asked him, I said, how do I get to where you are? Mm-hmm. And he told me, well, go to Wentworth, go to school, get your construction license, get your degree. And that's how you do it. And I said, okay. So I went, I got my degree. I bumped into him at a barbecue and I said, Hey, I got my degree. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he started laughing about it. We had, he was asking me about the classes and yeah. what did I learn? And then three days later, he calls me, he goes, Hey, how would you like to build 28 units with me? That is cool, man. Dude. I, I, I bet there was a shred of him when he said that he's probably said that to several other people. No one actually took action on it. Right. He's That's probably exactly like, oh, the guy's going to be like the other ones and not take action on it. But yeah. He, <laughs> that's a, that's exactly what he said. He goes, he goes, because you take action, I'm going to, I'm going to try to better you and try to better your business. And, and that's really the focus of some of the, some of the partners that I have. Most of mm-hmm. my partners are 20, 30 years older than me, yeah. and they just want to pass on that knowledge and they just don't want to, you know, they already did all the work. They will go to Home Depot at six o'clock. So they're looking for someone like me. And mm-hmm. the, the key is like, for me, I want to stay independent. I want to grow my company. And I don't mind helping somebody else's company, but my goal is to always improve my company. And when they come at me, like one of my partners, he tells me, he goes, Jose, I'm teaching you this because, you know, one day you're going to have to do this without me. And you're gonna, you need to learn how to do this. So his focus is not how much can he take from me, it's how much he can give back to me. And that's the key because it makes me want to give that much back to him. Mm. So there, there's there's one key lesson in here I want to I double down on. 
And so I want to go back to that conversation that you had with your business partner uh, and mentor in that, in that project. And there's been a number of people, like a lot of people over the years who've reached out to me, right. Who've said, Hey, uh, I, I would love to get some help here. Or can I, can I uh, pick your brain? That's the famous one, right? Hey, I just want to pick your brain or uh, I want to buy you lunch and pick your brain. Yeah, that, that, that lunch time is really valuable time, right? So we can't just a uh, uh, $15. I can pay for my own lunch. I'm not too worried about paying for my own lunch. Right. Uh, I want to make sure that the time is going to be going to be quality time. And so what, what I've done over the years, and I remember when someone gave me a chance like this as well, is I'll always have a little, a little gate, um, uh, kind of a gatekeeper task. It, it's usually a book, right? If someone says, Hey, I'd really love to da, 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 da. I say, Hey, you know what? Read this book. And then once you have that book read, I'll pop me back a note on Instagram. That's where, usually where they hit me up uh, on the three things you took away from it. And then we can set up something to call a, a chat. No one's ever actually followed through on it. Like no one. And, and at, at carrot, uh, there's one guy, like I've got some amazing friends I went to college with and same thing. They would hit me up one after another, as I started to have success and they'd say, what are you doing? How can I learn what you're doing? I hate my job. And so over and over again, I would bring them in and try to carve out tons of my time to teach them everything that I knew. And one of the guys actually even gave like a little side business I had. It wasn't making a lot of money. It was like a thousand bucks a month. But I said, I know, let's hop on for an hour a week. Uh, let's hop on every single week. And I'm going to teach you how to turn this into five or $10,000 a month. Dude, he lasted two weeks, like literally two weeks. And so that gatekeeper thing is important. I think a lot of us have those opportunities where, where we're, we're looking for something from somebody like Jose, like myself, like other people. And, and we look at that thing that they, that task that they tell us to do as, oh, that guy's unreasonable. I'm not going to go do that thing. Guys, that's your opportunity. Cause that's the exact thing. If you want that person's attention, they say that because 98% of everyone or 99% is never going to do anything about it. So if you want to really cut through the clutter and get a mentor, go talk to that mentor. And if they throw you a tough challenge, do it. Cause no one's going to do it. They're going to really, they're going to really stand out and you're going to stand out in their eyes and, and they're going to want to step through and work with you. So the one guy that did that, uh, Brendan on my team, he works for me uh, to this day. He's worked for, for me for five or six years. He's the only guy who I said, read this book and come back. He came back like a week later. He's like, what, what's next? Mm -hmm. I said, well, what do you want to learn? He goes, well, what should I learn? I said, well, if you can learn how to drive traffic, you can pretty much earn whatever income you want to earn because driving leads and traffic is important. He goes and gets a, literally a degree from Oregon State University in online marketing. He goes and gets certified with Google AdWords and certified with Bing. And he's like, what's next? I said, I don't know. You should probably like, <laughs> should probably run. I didn't think you'd do it, right? He should probably like go run traffic for one of my clients. Let me just give you a client. This is six or seven years ago. He ran traffic for the client. And guys, that kind of action is what gets you where you want to go. So sorry for that sidebar there, but I'm so proud of you that you took that action. That's exactly why you are where you are today. That's cool. Well, I also think it's where I found um, the best mentors was that um, the second one is to add value first. Yep. That that has been huge. Um, one the, the one partner I'm, I'm doing the seven unit project with. This was maybe three, four years ago. Um, I, I wholesaled them a deal. And I made 50,000 and he made 300,000 by literally putting it back on MLS. That's yep. all he did. 
And just from that connection alone, because, you know, if somebody makes you that kind of money, your door is always going to be open. You okay. know? So, so, I, so I, he, at that point, he was just an open book. And then he just always just added more value back to my company. So in my opinion, what I was doing is I was punting. Yeah. I was get, I was I was getting better field position because now he really took me under his wing. He's uh-huh. showing me the right way to do it. And, and that's what I look for, you know, down the road that I can pass the same information on to somebody else that's eager and hungry. When people see you're hungry and you just want more knowledge and you want to you want to go for more. They they like this guy's a rock star. You know, how can I help? How can I be part of the story? Mm. That is such a cool story, man. Let's spend a little bit of time on, on carrot camp. So you came to the last carrot camp this last spring. Um, what, what did you think? Like, what did you think going in? You're from Boston. I'm in the middle of nowhere in Oregon. It's not easy to get here. Like, what did you think going in that you thought it would be? Uh, and then we'll kind of talk about what for you it, it, it was and why you're coming back. But what, what did you think it was going to be? What did you hope that you were going to get out of it? Honestly, um, I flew in and uh, Keith sent picked me up and I think it was like an hour and a half ride. Best by the time we, yeah. By the time we got to the hotel, it's like, I could fly back. I, and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was, he, he was, a, he was a, he was great. You know, I learned a lot from him, but I learned a lot from everybody that, that was there. And it, a lot of the people that were there, they were just giving, you know, like, like Brady, Brady had the most, believe it or not, Brady had the most impact when I was, uh, when I was there and he, and he was, uh, he was trying to, he was explaining to me the marketing side of the business and really understanding branding and, and all that stuff. So he was very, very helpful, you know? Um, but it was just the, really the group, just being an open book of being able to see the office and, and seeing how you guys do it. Cause not a lot of people let you in and just give you 110% of exactly how the organization is run. Dude, that, that, that's awesome, man. What, what do you hope as I'm kind of preparing for, for the next one? I've, I've got some new material because uh, I've, been, I've been learning a lot, you know, since then. And Care Camp's always kind of my my first place that I put new stuff out that I'm learning. It's like the first spot that I put it out. Um, so I've got some cool stuff for you guys. But what do you what are you hoping to get out, out of the next one? Is there anything in specifics, Jose, where you're like, dude, it'd be amazing if you could dive into this because this is a challenge I have. Really connections, um, yep. even the, the connections is going to be huge. And, you know, you guys do a good job vetting out who gets to come. Mm-hmm. And it's always a, a lot of high value individuals. So connecting with them because some of those people, um, I, I remember just I called Keith Sand. I was in Martha's Vineyard with my wife. She yeah. was on vacation, but I'm never on vacation mentally. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, man, you know, there's no carrot sites over here. I, oh, can definitely, I was like, I can dominate this place. So I called Keith. I said, Keith, help me make out a plan and let's crush it. And so we created a website. And within two weeks, we were ranked number two. <laughs> I got to look at this thing up, man. Like sell yeah. my house. Uh, it's just sell my house fast Martha's Vineyard kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It should be either number two or number three still. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> Martha's Vineyard, man. I, I, yeah, I would, for some reason, just never think of that. Yep, I see it. I see it. There we go. Winter Hill. Cool. There you are, man. I, 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 see, I see your big, big, uh, handsome mug on the, on the homepage. So this, this is really cool. So I want to I talk about this a little bit. Um, you guys launched the carrot site really quick. You talked to Keith Sant, who Keith's been on the podcast, and he's going to be a lot more consistent guest moving forward. Um, do you remember, uh, and maybe it was all Keith who did it, but do you remember kind of the process to launch that carrot site in this market and get it ranked or was that all Keith? 
Um, it was a combination of both of us. I was cool. telling them what the what the area was like, and mm-hmm. it was a lot of stuff. I also did the three leads per day, so you know you change you change some of the pictures, that yeah. kind of stuff. But the the biggest takeaway from from what I learned from him is, I said, Keith, we're gonna make a whole new website. This he goes, no, no, don't do that. Just yep. make a landing page, and then just keep just keep working on the landing page. And that was the biggest secret was creating the landing page for it, and then it, it just blew up. After that, it was just because I already had a lot of um, I was already had a lot of high sites on um, different parts of Boston. So it just yeah. really translated. Over. Dude, so th- I, I love it. So I'm sharing I'm sharing my screen a little bit, y'all. So if you're listening to the podcast version of this, <clears throat> I'll, I'll try to talk through it uh, the best I can visually for you. if you're watching the YouTube version of this. Amazing. Uh, but yeah, I'm showing I'm showing uh, Jose's website here, Winter Hill Homes. And dude, so you guys are using the uh, one of the premium designs. Got the big old fat button. Works amazing on mobile. Updated the the background image. Um, did you do this yourself, or was this concierge? Concierge did it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So that that was that was one of our services, guys and gals. If you're looking to have us do the heavy lifting for you on the web design and really making it stand out and just putting amazing elements in there, uh, he's got his veteran-owned business badge on there. Google uh, reviews, Facebook reviews, really cool action on it where it's got uh, the Boston pictures on there, behind the scenes testimonials. Uh, this is cool, man. You guys did a great job. I love it. I love it. Well, dude, let's let's drive towards let's drive towards close, man. Uh, you're you're just such an amazing story, and 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 you don't you've just got started. Like literally, you you've just got started. I think I think I know you feel the same thing. And um, one of the things I'm excited for you uh, over the next five to ten years is exactly what you said: is you have the right intentions. Uh, you're not building it uh, just for the dollars. The dollars are important. The dollars can help you make an impact. Uh, can help you get more freedom. Uh, if we're always hustling for the dollars because we're not making enough money, it's really hard then to make an impact because you don't have time to, you don't have energy to, you don't have the mental space to because you're, you're just trying to stay you know, above board yourself. And so the, the, the revenue is important. But man, the, the way you're approaching things uh, is just refreshing. Uh, I'm excited to see, and I, I'm going to be in. I'm going to be in Boston in April, so uh, I'm going to hit you up. I'm going to be there for almost a week uh, for a mastermind that I run. And if you're cool, I'm going to hit you up and let's go see one of your projects going on. That'd be a blast. Yeah, absolutely. We should be starting some of the bigger projects too. So you get a get a feel for the area, get a feel for how what the renovations are like in, in Boston. So I, I love this area. Dude, I, I I love it. I love it. So last thing here, and I forgot to I forgot to mention this right before we hit record. You said things have blown up since you were at the last carrot camp, and we've talked about the projects you're working on, things like that. But what what has changed since the last carrot camp in in your business? What what's been different? Focus. Um, really yeah. focus. I was when I went to carrot camp. I graduated, and then I, I went to carrot camp. So I was very very tired, uh-huh. and then and then I started like really focusing on my mindset. One thing that we talked about as you drink water is drinking, drinking water, you know, <laughs> All day, um, and, and really thinking about, I remember uh, you talked about uh, a segment about what we put in our body mm-hmm. and then we, and then you gave us lunch and I got this burger and I'm looking at <laughs> 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 this, was a, this was a bad idea uh, and, and just really focusing on that. And one key take, takeaway I took from you is you talked about as entrepreneurs, we need to really focus mind, body. And, and I wasn't, I was focusing on my mind. I was focusing on my work, but I wasn't really focusing on my diet. Now I'm going to the gym more, more consistently and which is giving me more energy 
to to work for my company and to to work longer because as the leader of my company, some days it's, it's I'm gonna have to work till eight o'clock. Some days, you know, I'm gonna need to work Saturdays and Sundays. And the way you have enough energy is what you're putting in your body. Dude, the the energy is such a big thing, and I, and I'll be transparent uh, with with you and everyone on on this as well. I was so optimized the first half of the year, like probably the best shape I've ever been or close. Like you know, take me back to the, the college baseball days. It, it, it rival that. Um, and then I went on vacation right after 75 hard and I went on vacation. We had carrot camp right after that. And I think it was probably in June um, or so summer hit kids were out of school and dude, I like this one discipline kind of started to slide over, over a few weeks and it was kind of down here. And then all of a sudden when, when one discipline slides, it's easy for another one to kind of slide and um and i caught that uh, the, the teaching that i do of the dis or the discipline ceilings where you see things kind of going up and down like that when you're hitting that next thing i'm like I, what is the next one like what there's something that's making it so i'm not cracking through that next level that's making it so i'm going like that again what is it and so i worked pretty hard in figuring out what it was over the next um over the next month and the funny thing is how full circle things come and i'm going to teach it in detail at carrot camp <clears throat> but it goes back to energy it goes back to energy is, is in work. Um, so much had changed in our business and so many, we, we hired so many people that before I knew it, my role had kind of shifted over here towards some energy draining activities a little more. And I didn't use the energy out at that quarter. Like I usually do. And, and then in hindsight, you go, Oh my gosh, I got back into a phase where I was doing more energy draining things. than I had recognized, and then it led into losing a habit here, uh, not going and working out as much. And so I'm, I'm just now coming back out of it this last two, three weeks. And it's just amazing how, um, how mentally you're, you're not as mentally sharp when you're in a spot like that. You definitely don't have the energy for it. Um, and it all stacks up your water, your, your, your diet, your movement. Um, it's such a big deal. So <clears throat> more than ever, more than ever, guys and gals, if you're not doing it right now, Please, please, please. I've done tons of episodes of podcasts on this. I walked through my 75 hard journey. Go look it up. Um, now what I'm looking for, Jose, is I might do 75 hard again, but what Seth challenged me, we, we do our Wednesday Bible study. He's like, I don't know if you need to do 75 hard. He's like, I think you need to find something you could do the rest of your life every day. Like that thing. I said, okay, I, I get it. Let, let's, figure out, let's figure out what that routine is that I could do the rest of my life every single day. And it's sustainable until I'm 75 years old or whatever. Yeah. So it's, I'll, I'll give you guys the update at carrot camp and the transformation of, I've, uh, I've made in that mindset, in that mindset range. Yeah. I think you asked me a question about, um, what I want to take away yeah. from, uh, from carrot camp. Yep. I think from where I am in my business now, it's, it's really, I need to start documenting, um, mm -hmm. what I'm doing to, to make, make the next, make the checklist. And, yeah. and, and I'm happy my, my new hire, she's done a great job. Anytime, like I'm teaching her anything, she's making a checklist, but mm -hmm. we need to start documenting it and then stop putting it in the folder. So when we hire more, it's just passing it on into the next person, to the next person. So we're not rebuilding it and it's not taking away time of retraining other people. Yeah. My goal eventually is she's going to be the operations manager. And then, and once the workload gets too high for her, then we'll put, we can hire VA at that point. And then she can work with the VA and, 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 and we can just keep streamlining and growing the company that way. Dude, that that's perfect feedback actually. Cause the funny, the funny thing is exactly what you're requesting there is what I, what we've been doubling down on the past two to three weeks, going back to the energy audit. 
uh, Tim on my team, who's going to be at the next carrot camp. He lives in San Diego. He was the first two-time carrot camper, actually carrot customer, first two-time carrot camper. And then we hired him and now he's coming back as an employee uh, at carrot camp this next time. But he called me out on it. Uh, this is, you know, several weeks ago and he goes, he just goes, Trevor, it seems like there's certain things in the business that you're a bottleneck in now. Um, that I didn't used to be because a lot had changed a lot of, a lot, a lot of new people and you know, leadership role adjustments. And, and he's, he just took me through my own exercise. Like, it's funny how when you, when you train your team, sometimes when you need someone to check you uh, and you give them permission to check you so, so they can feel comfortable that you're not going to go down on them or, or be defensive or anything like that. He's like, it, it feels like you're blocking a lot of these things in, unintentionally. And can we sit down here and write down all the things that drain your energy? And, and what are the things that you're not doing enough of? It's just the energy audit, right? And he's like... <clears throat> Uh, he set up a, a team now. It's him and Jen, my assistant. That's part of their core jobs now. It's part of their core weekly and monthly um, commits. And they're going to be leading me doing my energy audits. Uh, like literally, that's part of their job every quarter. Set up a meeting with Trevor, go and do energy audit. And then we prioritize the top one, two, three. And then they go away and that's part of their job that next quarter is to come and create processes with me, get me on a meeting and say, Trevor, I need you to document how you think about this thing. Cause it's the thing that you're getting blocked the most on. And so I didn't have to have people do that for me years ago, but now with so many things going on, it's helpful having people who can check you. So I'll, I'll walk through that process in detail, uh, what we're doing. So I'm going to jot that one down. That's really good feedback. Very yeah, good. I'm excited. I'm awesome. excited to come to camp. I'm excited to see Keith again. Yeah, I know yeah, Keith's gonna be back. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna come pick me up at the airport. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, Keith will be Keith will be back. Um, Adam and Lance, um, Adam from from uh, Dallas, amazing dude. He came to Carrot Camp two or three camps ago, and uh, such a great story, crushing it down there in Dallas with his business partner Lance. Um, just uh, it's another great group, man. It's gonna be fun. So uh, it's gonna be uh, awesome seeing you. Well, Jose, let's wrap this puppy up. So you're sitting here on you know, a portfolio that, that you've built slow and steady worth tens and tens of millions of dollars. You're going to, you're, you are making an impact and you are going to continue to make an even greater impact in your community. Um, uh, what, 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 what for you, you, you kind of laid out what you're wanting to do with the business. You, you've laid out, um, you know, some of the changes you want, you want to make in your work. Uh, what for you kind of is that thing that is your ultimate why or your ultimate purpose in the business? You, you talked about, about impact, but is there a specific type of impact? Is there a specific why you're thinking about? And um, I, I'd love to help you get there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my biggest why is is just creating gener generational wealth. That mm -hmm. I think that's that's important. And that's that used to be the biggest why. And then I put another one on top of it. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, the next level is generational wealth because I think people always forget about the gener generational. I mean, generational knowledge. Um, and I think that is yep. so important. And, and I was having a conversation with one of my mentors and I asked him a question about development and he told me and he goes, I can't answer this. Let's 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 sit down in September and you and I will sit down and I'll, and I'll explain it. Well, he yep. has two, he has two daughters that don't want to be developers. Oh, I gotcha. <laughs> and, he, and he goes, his biggest thing about answering my question to help me get to the next level is passing on that knowledge. Gotcha. And, and so for me, it's like, yeah, you know, you could give your kids houses, you can give them money, but what about the knowledge that you can mm -hmm. give them to get them to the next level? And, and if they want to continue your, your company, then they can, if they want to continue, go somewhere else, you know, you can apply uh, my real estate strategies to anything in business and other avenues of, of your life to, to grow 
personally and mentally and physically. So I feel like my big focus is is knowledge and in, in acquiring as much knowledge and being able to pass it down. Because I feel like until you get enough knowledge from different places, it can be like marketing. If you read 10 different marketing books, you know how to approach it in different ways. It makes you become a better teacher, a better leader. Dude, you mind if I give you a little, I, I love that, buddy. I'm, I'm with you on that. You mind if I give a little uh, tip into what I do there on the, on the, the knowledge share? Absolutely. Um, this is a few years ago. So I, I read a lot of books and you know, talk to a lot of people and I use Apple notes a lot <clears throat> and, and I created this, this whole thing called life truths and I'm showing it on the screen right now. And the life truths, like I'll break it down by book. This is from the book war of art. You know, there's more, a bunch more books down here, or I've got a bunch that are my own or a bunch that I, I learned from other people. <clears throat> and anytime I learn something I'm like, man, that's something I want to keep with me the rest of my life. And I think it'd be very interesting and valuable for other people too. I added on here and all the ones that are checkboxed, uh, all the ones that are checkmarked there are ones that I've done a podcast on. And so that's my aim is I'm going to document all these life truths, type them out. And then I go record a podcast on them all on my cell phone. The whole thing's on my cell phone. And so that's when, when you guys hear the Trevor truck talks, uh, most of them actually come from this life truths list. And so I've got dozens and dozens more that I've not done episodes on yet. And so that's one of the ways I'm passing that knowledge off to my kids, off to other people, is they're going to have this whole chunk of uh, me talking through that knowledge as I'm learning it, uh, like as I'm learning it, um, that's going to be this archive that going to be able to have forever. And so um, try that, man. Uh, it, it, it works really well for me because you can document it while you're recognizing it. And then you can talk through it while you're going through it. And then you can talk through it after you've gone through it to give the, the extra perspective. And it's just so cool. Absolutely. And that's one thing I'm trying to figure out now is the best way to do that. Is it on Instagram? Is it on LinkedIn or Facebook? And just like really documenting my thoughts and, yep. and selfishly so that I can look back a year from now and see how has that changed? How has my mindset changed? Yep. You know, it, it, do I still feel the same way? Mm -hmm. Dude, just, just keep it simple for now. I mean, it, it could literally be you sitting there on a YouTube thing and just just talking through, or uh, for me, it was this, right? Just talking through on my cell phone, the voice recorder thing, and you may never publish them, right? Just, just build up your voice recorder, your voice notes on there, and then upload them to a Google Drive or whatever if you wanted to for, for you know, even if you never plan on publishing it. But if you did want to publish it, uh, don't care at all if there's anyone that listens to it. Like create a podcast on it, name it, whatever the heck you want to name it, and go, I don't care if one person ever listens to this or listens to it anytime the next year, I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it to find my voice. I'm doing it to, to get this out of my head. <clears throat> and the cool thing is, I think you're going to find that there's going to be a lot of people that would be very, very interested to hear your journey uh, and, uh, and really tune in. So just start, start anything. Keep it simple to start. Thank you. I appreciate sure. it. Well, dude, I appreciate the time with you. I'll see you in a few weeks. Uh, travel safe out here. And, uh, and guys and gals, definitely go. Is there anywhere, anywhere people can follow you or find out more about you? Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is Jose underscore winter underscore hill underscore homes. Cool. And, and the Jose part, um, I'm going to spell it for you guys because I butchered your name a couple of times <laughs> at, at care camp. I'm like, at first, I, I was trying to make it too fancy at first. I'm like, it must be like Josue or Josue. <laughs> it's like, no, it's Jose. J-O-S-U-E, J-O-S-U-E, Winter Hill Homes with dashes in between it or underscores in between it. Go find him on IG, y'all. And if you want to meet him, get your butt out to care camp. I think as of the time we're recording this, we have a spot left. 
um, but they should fill up pretty quick. There's uh, with COVID and stuff, there's just a good chunk of people that are kind of unsure again, like they were a year ago or so. Uh, we've got one spot left as of the time that's being recorded. So it'll probably be filled. But if you guys go to carrotcamp.com and it's still available, put it in there. But Jose, see you out here in a few weeks. Appreciate you sharing your story. Proud of you, man. And uh, we'll, we'll be hanging and grabbing some lunch here shortly. Thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you guys and gals for listening. Make sure you guys rate and subscribe to this podcast and Apple podcast. And if you have not listened or saw the, the video versions of these, we post a video version of every single one of those episodes on YouTube. So go find us on YouTube. Just look it up, Carrot or Investor Carrot on YouTube and find us here, guys. Thank you very much. Have an amazing rest of the week.